Prince joined to me, and I to him, he will be bare a lot of it. You cannot do anything without me. Good job. Okay, you guys can have a seat. Okay. Is this one on? Okay. Okay, we're doing something a little different because it's the family Sunday. So if I have any kids that want to play a game, if you guys want to come up here, Jacob's going to set it up for us. Okay, so this week we're talking about being faithful. Does anybody know what it means to be faithful? Jacob, you want to tell us? Being nice. So to be faithful means to just keep showing up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to practice just showing up. So what we're going to do first is over here, Jacob, put down some uh, spiky balls on the floor. Okay. So you're going to, we're going to do a little obstacle course. Okay. So you're going to walk across the spiky balls and then you're going to hop on the ground into the hula hoops. No. And then over here, there's some, uh, noodles that you're going to go under the noodles okay so if you guys want to line up over here behind jacob J- little jacob hand you want to go first yeah you're going to go under the no- okay you ready you guys once you guys make a lap around on the in the just one at a time like one person at a time don't rush each other let's see Gotta go under. Any adults? Come on. Jared? kids who have done it was it pretty easy to do yeah. did you do it by yourself yeah 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 you were capable of doing it okay go for it caroline hop down there okay now here's what i'm gonna make it a little bit harder a little bit harder okay so i need somebody and i need them to have a partner okay we're just i'm just gonna let a couple partners do this so we can get a move on oh see and then the rest if you guys want to do it after church we can keep going okay it is. Okay, hold on. I need this arm in here. Nope. That arm. In there. And that arm. And there. And then you need to put... Put your arms around each other. Okay, now I want you to go do the obstacle course together. Okay. okay. Hey, we all don't need to go Okay, let me time. see. Let, let me find a couple of girls. Megan, females. Go together. 
Okay, you guys want to go together? Are you tall enough? Yeah. Okay. And we were outside arms. Put your hands on the I want to go with Allison. No, those arms. There you go. Okay. Head down that way. Okay. Go do the course. Go do the course. Okay. Scooch out of the way. Come on. Come on, Megan. I like that encouragement. They're right, saying we can do it. Outside. Oh, other arm. Okay. Arms are running each other. All right. Go do it. Me and Joan are You and Joan are going to do it. Okay. That one on. All right. Bring the shirt back okay, up here. Okay. Bring the shirt back up so somebody else can have a turn. That was much more fun. That was much more hard. Carolyn, you and Ellie, do you want to go together? Ellie, do you want to go with Carolyn or are you going to go with Kayla? Okay, okay. Here are the right arms. Yeah. This one. This one. Oh. I want to do it again. Oh, okay. Or do like step on each other. There you go. All right. Head on through the course. Okay, go for it. All right, boys. Okay, move come on, all the girls. way. If you've done it, go ahead and head back to your seats. If you've done it, head back to your seats. Do you want to do it with Ellie? Okay. Outside arm in. Okay, go for it. Okay, oh, go they're for. going quick. Okay, are, you, are there some kids that are done? Are you guys out there listening? Yep. Okay, so tell me, Jackson and Anderson, was it easier or was, yeah, if you guys want to come up front when you're done. It was a lot easier together or by yourself? By yourself. It was easier by yourself, right? Like you thought you could do it? But it was more fun together. Yeah. Yes. Because you, ha why was it more fun together? Because you got to uh, do everything together. Yeah, you got to do everything together. You had somebody right by your side, right? Yeah. Yeah, you had somebody to talk to, somebody to encourage you. If it got tricky, right? Yeah, can we do it even trickier? Well, I don't think we're not going to do it any trickier right now. But that's what we're going to talk about today is being faithful. Because sometimes we think it's easier to do something by ourselves, right? But it's really more fun and more beneficial if we are faithful to God. Because that means that God is always with us. And right beside us, encouraging us and getting us untangled. So, what do you think? Easier? All right, easier or harder by yourself? By myself. Easier by yourself, but was it more fun by yourself or more fun with somebody beside you? Somebody beside you. Jonah. What do you think? Jonah. Okay, so Jacob's going to share some more about being faithful with us today as we head back to our seats. Okay. All right. You guys want to go find your seats? Man, get the kids a round of applause again. So is this, is it, yeah, it's on. All right. Um, so we are actually on our fourth trustworthy saying, and it's actually going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles or open your phones to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to see exactly how doing an obstacle course, in one t-shirt with your buddy next to you applies to scripture. That's the fun part. So we, uh, we always try our hardest on uh, the family Sundays to try and find ways that we can kind of like not make it feel as uh, terrible having, having your kids with you. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, we did confetti a couple times ago and we always, we always try and do we always try and do something. This one was way less mess. So uh, I don't know if you guys are still finding confetti, but there are times where we move something and we still find confetti. Does anybody remember that uh, that day? Yeah, that was a pretty cool day. All right, so Second Timothy chapter two, verses one through thirteen. 
You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all these things. Remember, Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And here's the trustworthy saying. This is where we are going to apply the, the obstacle race to what the fourth trustworthy saying is. Paul says here in verse 11 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, sorry, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So here we have the fourth trustworthy saying that Paul gives to Timothy. The next one that we will study will actually be from Titus. So this is this is Timothy's fourth and final trustworthy saying that he receives from Paul, his mentor. And remember, Paul's whole purpose of doing this was because Timothy was sent to the Ephesus church, where we get the, you know, the letter of the Ephesians, and he was sent to this church to preach and to teach. Paul encourages him, you know, even though you're young, make sure that you are uh, being sure in what you're teaching. Suffer with me and the good things that we are called to do and spread the good gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is saying that these are trustworthy sayings, but he's not saying that the rest of the Bible isn't trustworthy. Remember, we talked about at the beginning of this whole series that obviously the whole word of God is a trustworthy saying, but Paul is just saying, hey, this is really important. These are things that, that I think will really help you in your, in your walk with Christ. So we kind of focus in on these, uh, this verse 11 to 13, and the Holy Spirit, through Paul, is declaring that this here is another serious matter. This is another thing to kind of be focused in on. And in this section of scripture, Paul gives one of the most important and most impactful and most life-changing two-letter word that you can ever hear. Anybody pick up on what that word is? Guess out any ideas? Two-letter word? Starts with the letter I. If, that's it. If. Some of the most impactful phrases come from if. Some of the things that can change your whole life come from if. And the same thing came here. If we died with him, if we died with him, we will also live with him. Now, this is not talking about a literal death. While it could come to that, 
And while that could be a thing that does come a part of dying to Christ, we see in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, if you want to pop that one up on the screen, the couple different ones that we have. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I don't know about you guys, but I have not personally currently been crucified yet. Um, I don't know. I don't know what my future holds, but currently um, I am not on a cross. So maybe it's more kind of that hyperbole. So Romans chapter 6, verse 11, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So here we get a little bit better of an understanding of what we are dying to. You know, we're not dying this physical death, but we're dying this spiritual, this uh, battling of the flesh kind of death. And then Romans chapter 7, just kind of the whole chapter, kind of talks about this. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. We're constantly dying to this evil, to this sin, to ourselves, to our flesh. We will live with him on earth, but then in death, we will live with him in eternity. And this is where we should be as Christians. This is where Jesus wants us to be. This is the goal. This is the desire of our hearts, is to be dead to ourself and to be alive in Christ. If we died with him, then we will also live with him. And if we do not die with him, then we will not live with him. If we endure with him, then we will reign with him. And if we persevere with him, then we will also rule with him. This is everything that verses 11 through 13 are talking about. The King James Version gives a little bit of a different kind of view of uh, of exactly what is uh, kind of fleshing out here. But it's if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Well, that doesn't really sound too uplifting. That's not really like a go home, excited. You're going to suffer, and because you're going to suffer, you're going to reign with him. But man, the, the latter, the after the fact, is so much greater than the, the momentary suffering that we have on this earth. So John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6 was read to us uh, by a very brave girl that came back up after, uh, after being quite frayed the last time. So uh, we, uh, we got to hear from John chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. She read in uh, the NIV Reader's Edition. And up here on the screen, we're going to have the ESV. And Jesus says this. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, whoever lives in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You want to tap to six there? Is it up there? Nope. I'm a liar. I'm going to read six out of here. All right. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. So speaking about those who are in the vine, those that wrap their arm around their friend as they go through that obstacle course, they are in the vine. They are in Christ. They remain faithful. 
Branches are on the tree. Branches that produce fruit are alive. Disease or injury sometimes enter into the branch, but when it stays connected to the tree, when it stays connected to the vine, then it heals itself. It becomes whole again. Some branches, unfortunately, no longer receive nutrition from the tree, and they die, and they fall off, and then they're picked up, and they're cast into a fire. And I'm going to try to explain what this illustration means, but somebody much wiser than me once said, if you can fully understand a parable, if Jesus doesn't explain what the parable is, then you probably missed what the parable was about. So I'm going to try my hardest to explain what I think Jesus is getting at here. And it's the fact that sometimes we choose to no longer remain faithful. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13 talk exactly about this. We, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have chose to follow him. We've chose to worship him. And we've chose to be a part of his family. But just the same, we can choose to no longer be a part of the family. I fully believe that that choice is much, much harder than the first choice. I feel like that first choice of making the acceptance into Christ and following after him, while it does take you completely changing your whole life, it should be an easy one. It should be one that, that you just run to and, and are just excited to announce and, and are head over heels about. But the second choice, after you have been truly informed and after you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you after baptism and after you have been a part of a community of believers that, that actually pour into you and, and, and care about you and, and look to you for, uh, for different help, both you giving of your time and your energy and of your talents, but then also you receiving blessings from other people when they give of their time and their blessings and their money and their energy. I think that second choice to choose to fall away and to be cast into the fire is much, much harder. Because once we've been truly informed and once we have lived our life with Christ and and that we are living with the Holy Spirit inside of us. Choosing to walk away should not be something that just happens overnight. Paul is warning us here that we must endure, not to rest on our current standing with the Lord, but instead to continue pushing to understand him more and to to strive after him. Again, he says, if we disown him, he will disown us. And if we deny him, he will deny us. If we deny and disown and reject him, he will also deny and disown and reject us. So is the next step for someone who is not enduring a relationship with the Lord just to fall away? Or can they come back to faith in him? I want you guys to think about two perfect examples of of people in the New Testament gospel scripture that talk about they disowned or they denied Christ. I mean, the one and the obvious one 
is Judas. You can see perfectly in, in Scripture how Judas denies the, the authority of who Christ is, turns him over to the authorities, gains some silver for it, and then in doing so, sends him to the cross. You know, Jesus specifically says to Judas, this is your calling. This is, this is what you're supposed to do. But that doesn't mean that Judas's last choice had to be what he chose to do. Judas could have found forgiveness in Christ. Judas could have turned his life around, and he could have not chose to kill himself. Because we have the other illustration of another apostle that chose to deny Christ and to disown Christ in Peter. You know, Peter has three chances to affirm who Christ is at the cross. He has two chances, and, you know, Jesus says it again. He he prophesies to Peter that you're going to deny me. The rooster's going to crow after you do it three times. And Peter does. Peter denies him three times. And yet Peter chose to run to Christ when he was given that chance. Judas chose to run in fear, and Peter chose to run in faith. And I don't know where you are today, and I don't know what you're battling, and I don't know what you're struggling with, and I don't know where your family or your friends or your coworkers are. I don't know where your classmates or I don't know what they have going on, but I do know that there's always a choice that can be made. There's always a choice that we can run in fear or there's a choice that we can run in faith. And that doesn't mean that one or the other is always going to be easy. I would love to stand up here and just give you that wonderful affirmation that running in faith is always easy, but it takes commitment. It takes a willingness to surrender. It takes a willingness to suffer. It takes a willingness to to deny things of this world, to run after the things of Christ. And I wish I could just stand up here and say the other is, is easier. Like, I wish there was a way for us just to like, blatantly claim that like, one of these two choices was the, was the easier one. Now, I wish we could say that running in fear was easy too. But the problem with running in fear is running in fear is never what Christ calls us to do. And we were talking about this in uh, just a little bit. The illustration is what we were talking about. But we were finishing up the book of Ephesians in Sunday school class. And we were talking about the armor of God. And uh, Michael DeFazio is the one that was leading the, the video lesson. But afterwards, we kind of were discussing. And I made this point about the armor of God. And maybe you've never thought about it. Or maybe you've never really kind of like looked into it before or, or realized it. But I made the comment that the armor of God doesn't have anything to protect your back. If you've ever thought about the armor of God, there's no back plate there's a breastplate. Because the armor of God is made for us to run forward, to push forward, to, to strive after the things of God, not to turn and run from the hard, hardships and the, the spiritual warfare. So I don't know where you are at today, but I can tell you that one of the two choices, while neither of them are easy, one of them is right. Choosing to run in faith, pushing forward in faith, persevering in faith, enduring in faith. That's the clear way that we're called to live. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33 says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my father in heaven. And I don't know 
how you read that scripture, but for me, that's kind of eye-opening. I mean, luckily for me, I don't find it necessarily scary because I strive in my life to never disown Christ, but it's definitely eye-opening. I mean, there's so many people I talk to and interact with that clearly just disown who God is and, and who Christ is. Luke chapter 9, verse 26 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And here's the thing is this is going around all over the place. We see it all the time in, in TV shows and movies. We hear it all the time on radio. You hear it all the time in your work. You hear it all the time within your family. People are ashamed of who they are in Christ and who Christ is. You know, Jesus could be a popular guy, you know, if we just didn't talk about how he's the only way to eternal life. You know, the Bible could be a pretty popular book. I mean, it is the best-selling book, according to, like, all of the statistics, but it could be a really popular book if we, uh, you know, just read it as literature and did not insist that it was the spoken word of God. And really, it could be really popular if we just didn't force people to, to think that they actually had to obey it. You know, if it was just like a good book to read, some fun stories. And you can live radically opposite um, of, of what Christ calls you to and claim that you're a Christian as long as you don't say that Jesus is your Savior. You can just say, oh, I go to church, I'm a Christian. You can even live in a, a radical Muslim country and you could talk all you want about Jesus, as long as the Jesus you talk about is the Jesus, you know, of like the Quran, and not the Jesus of the Bible. Like I said, those, those, that two-letter word, that if of this verse carries great importance, and it, it applies to those who have never accepted Jesus as their Savior, as well as those who are once in Christ. Matthew ten thirty-two and 33, again, says, whoever acknowledges me before men I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him. I will disown him before my Father in heaven. The Lord is faithful, and that is something that we can truly stand upon in all parts of our life. The Lord is faithful to everything. The Lord is faithful to our salvation. The Lord is faithful to our forgiveness. But the Lord is also faithful to the, to the negative things that he says. The Lord is faithful to this impending doom. And he's faithful in warning us against it. And we can praise God for that. We can thank Jesus for that. If you are faithless, he remains faithful, for he can dis not disown himself. If we are faithless, he remains true. This is often interpreted as if we are faithless to him, then he will remain faithful to us. But that is not at all what this scripture talks about. The scripture is talking about if you choose to deny Christ, he will may remain true to who he is as Savior. Because he can only save those who put their faith in him. Dying to self 
and living in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit is the goal of God for every person of faith on this earth. After you are saved, it is impossible to reject Christ. It is a choice you have, but really it should be impossible. Do you really love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Is our love for him becoming lukewarm? Christ says he will spit out those that become lukewarm, those that don't remain faithful to him. Is our life a series of actions that only mimic the life of a Christian? Is our life filled and overflowing with the power and the vitality that comes from the fullness of the Holy Spirit? So the fourth trustworthy saying is that he will remain faithful if you remain faithful. And that's a beautiful thing to to know. And here's the thing is he doesn't make you do it on your own power. You know, after accepting Christ, we talked about this, after accepting Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit allows you the power to remain faithful in him. And when we remain faithful, then he remains faithful. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for everything that you do. I used to tell Jim sometimes, it really kind of amazed me sometimes, the things that he talked about, and he never sent me an email, and I'll do the same thing with this morning. Jacob, my first word is if. Okay? Kind of scary. Also, I did not know it was Family Sunday, but I'm going to share with you something about my family today. So that's really kind of intriguing. First of all, the, the thing you're thinking about is role models are heroes. If I asked you this morning, or if I asked you on the street, or if anybody else asked you who your role models were, or who your greatest hero was, who would it be? What would your answer be? Would it be a parent? A sibling? For a lot of our students, it would probably be a professional athlete or a professional musician or an actor and actress. Today I want to share with you a little bit about how at some points in my life I would answer that question. When I was in second grade, I would have said Mrs. Beard. Mrs. Beard was my second grade teacher. We moved in November from Fillmore, California to Wilburton, Oklahoma. And immediately I knew that I was her favorite student. Or I thought... I was her favorite student. She loved me every day. And honestly, I believe till the end of her life, she loved me. She made me feel like that every time I saw her. Unconditionally, she loved me. Later in life, I would have said George Dukes. He was my grandpa on my mother's side. My grandpa, good or bad, some of you people who have played sports can understand this, he was at every one of my baseball games and every one of my basketball games, and he was the vocal guy. You know the ones that Gene, that officials think about throwing out sometimes? Uh, so he would cheer for me, and he would let the officials know what he thought about their officiating. But he was every one of my events, and he loved me unconditionally. Also, he loved my grandma, and he showed it every day. And also, he loved the Lord, and he knew it. You knew it. 
and everybody else knew it. A little bit of an interesting trivia about my grandpa. He actually died at a place right like this. My grandpa died at the pulpit, giving a testimony and a revival. What more could you ask for? A little bit later in life, I would send my father, Orby Francis, uh, hard worker, wasn't religious. In my entire lifetime, from birth to about 23 or 24, I never attended a church service with my father because my father didn't go to church. Cussed like a sailor, a good man, but had the work ethic you would, could never begin to even comprehend some people. He did whatever it took to provide for his family. I know we have several carpenters in this room. My father built a house by the headlight of his pickup because he worked days in the oil field, built a house at night after dark. Had no power at the work site, so he cut every board by hand. Every hole was drilled with a carpenter's brace. Every board, every hole for the entire house. He did whatever it took to provide for his family. At points in my time, I'd say my mother. And my mother, I can't use one word, so I'll use another word in church. She was heck on wheels. Uh, she fought for her children. I shouldn't tell this story, but she actually even got in a fist fight with my kindergarten teacher. Uh, true story. I walked home with a uh, handprint on my face from kindergarten class. The kindergarten teacher had marks on her later in the day as well. Uh, <laughs> true story. Um, my mother couldn't read or write. But later as an adult, she went back to school and she learned to read and learned to write where she could at least write you notes and you could kind of decipher them. But she was a mama bear and no one messed with her babies ever. Another point in my life, I'd say Jerry Francis, my wife. She's actually one that helped lead me to Christ. This one was not going to be the emotional day. You've seen me cry way too many times. Anyway, it's not going to be. Her unconditional love and unconditional support is something that's still hard for me to comprehend. She's been the super glue that's kept our family physically and emotionally stable throughout 30 wonderful years. If you ask me the last two weeks, I might even say the teachers in our building or even the last several years, you know, we've actually have buried five kids or alumni members. In three years, five red devils we've buried. And that's incredible. It's hard to comprehend. But not just through that, but just the unconditional love and support and nurturing that our staff shows, and not just in the high school. 101 is blessed to have some very, very special people that care about kids, that love them unconditionally and support them every day. I think I could also say these people in this room, my heroes, all of you lead by example. You love people. You support people. You serve people. 
And I just want to say thank you for being difference makers to each and every one of you. You're my heroes. You're my role models. But back to my first question. If I said, who's your greatest role model? Who's your greatest hero? I hope that all of us could think about unconditional love. Unconditional support. Lessons of grace, of humbleness, of humility, of sacrifice. And I like to think we would all give the same answer. Jesus Christ. Here today we're getting ready to partake of the Lord's Supper. And I hope we can all say we know we have been blessed by our spouses, by our children, by our friends, and by our family members. But we have, none of us can say we have probably been more blessed than by just Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Would you please go with me to prayer? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, again, when you think about just grace and acceptance,